from a C-section to an H-back woman to doula, Jill shares her journey. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Pure Doula podcast. I'm your host, Catherine, the Pure Doula. On this week's episode, I welcome Jill, owner of Freedom Birth. She shares her journey from just being a woman, trusting her OB, to empowering herself and becoming a doula. Her story is extremely inspiring, especially to women whose birth got intervened and resulted in a C-section. Jill offers many services to pregnant women and postpartum. She has many products that she creates herself, like herbal teas and yoni steams, and is based out of Hamilton, New Jersey, if you're familiar with South Jersey. Jill and I connected on Instagram, and I was just excited to connect with... That's Mercy Girl chatting away. (laughs) I was excited to connect with doulas who, you know, have put the work in, have been in the industry, who are in the area. And Jill was one of the first ones that I discovered. Jill is an expert in the field and can offer so much support. But first, as you'll hear at the end of this episode... Jill and I are launching a giveaway starting today. Jill is offering her herbal bath soak, some tea, and a yoni steam. While I'm offering the entire Mother's Day collection, which includes a hat, a tank top, and two stickers, as well as an hour coaching session with me. So if you're pregnant, thinking of getting pregnant, or in the postpartum period... We will chat about your concerns, your needs, your desires, all the good stuff. So you don't have to be pregnant. You don't have to have a newborn. I believe postpartum is pretty much forever. Like, that's just motherhood, you know? So this is open to all moms or moms-to-be. To enter, it's super simple. Just follow us both on Instagram, which is linked in the description below. Like the post, save the post, tag three friends, and you get bonus points if you share the post to your story and tag us. Um, You know, we just want to get the word out, whether it's about the giveaway or just what we offer to women, you know? So the winner will be announced on Mother's Day, and we both are so excited. We've been talking about doing a giveaway for so long, and it just aligned perfectly. Divine timing, right? (laughs) all right this is the pure doula podcast let's get into it can you hear me hello yes can you hear me yeah quickly actually oh good (laughs) are you i'm okay i'm a little nervous i don't know why but (laughs) (laughs) you have nothing to be nervous about we're just hanging out and having an awesome conversation while mercy babbles away in the background okay (laughs) good i have my little one with me too so we'll both be taking care of our our girls and hearing their sounds (laughs) Yes, it's real life, mom life, like no fancy podcast studio. The babies <laughs> hey, are not <always> yet. Here. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. <laughs> One day, I 
can dream. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jill, um, it's really cool that we actually connected on Instagram. We are both in South Jersey, which is exciting because, you know, I just didn't know what the birth work world was like in this area. If there was anyone else that, you know, I could always look up to or learn from that kind of thing. So why don't you introduce yourself, tell everyone where you're from, what you do, all that good stuff and what you're going to be sharing today. Okay. Yeah. So I am Jill and I've been a birth doula for about seven years. And you're right, there is not much going on in the birth world in South Jersey. Um, when I started this, I only knew about two other doulas in all, at least Atlantic and Cape May counties. Like we're we're all the way at the bottom and we're kind of like a wasteland. There's there's nothing <laughs> down there. Um, yeah. So a little bit about me. Um, hmm, where do I begin? Um, well, I now have four children and I am happily, I say I'm married, but we're not like actually married. But, you know, when you're with somebody for 12 years, you're basically married. Uh, right, so exactly. ha- happily, happily in love. And we have four kids together and I'm just doing what I can to um, improve birth in this area and also just be a happy mom, really. Um, I love that. Yeah. Um, I mean, this area definitely could definitely needs it because like you said, that there really isn't much um, of anything work related in South Jersey like I feel like South Jersey is just kind of like a little bubble that gets forgotten about or mm-hmm. people are just like stuck in a different time warp and um you know most people are just like what even is a doula like what are you talking about <laughs> yes so yeah most so, people they 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 only know a, a small amount of options. Like this was me not too long ago when I had my first child. It's okay. I'm pregnant. I go to a doctor immediately. And this, this practice is a part. It has like seven midwives and five OBs and you get to meet all of them, but you don't know who's going to be there at your birth. And you just go to the closest hospital and that's it. You don't like nobody realized that you can shop around or you can drive further for a better hospital or there's birth centers around um, or you can have home births. And nobody really knows about that until you meet somebody that has already been through all of it. And you kind of you open your eyes to this whole new realm of birth. And that's kind of what happened to me, really. But yeah, it's definitely like a, a bubble. It's it's yeah. <laughs> you, you follow what is expected and that's it. But people like you and I are here saying, wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah, but wait, there's more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is so much. And I'm sure you can relate, but like um, one thing that it, it it drives me with this is the fact that don't like you said don't know that they can shop around don't realize that like they can fire their doctor and find someone else like you're Mm -hmm. not 
exclusively attached to the stock. The doctor doesn't control you, you know, or like you can ask questions or deny or decline whatever, you know, a test or a type of birth or whatever, just little stuff like that. Like, no, I was never told that. I'm sure there was a time you weren't. I feel like no one really is. Yeah. You can be an active participant in your healthcare and not many people know that. Right. So what got you into being a doula? Like, how did you get to this point where you're doing all these amazing things and helping moms during pregnancy and postpartum and all that good stuff? Shoot. Well, I'm sure like yourself, many years ago, I was not expecting this kind of life. I was a bartender and lived the nightlife and I never even imagined having kids, let alone be someone who regularly attends births. No idea. But I guess how I found out about doula was after my first birth and when I became pregnant with my second. So, um, with my first, just like I said before, you just, okay, I'm pregnant. I go to the nearest OB office and just follow the script. And um, I had a rather non-eventful pregnancy. Um, But then when it came down to my due date, I uh, passed that. I was about a week late. And so, of course, they were talking about induction. And I just figured, you know, well, this is what they say. So, all right, I guess we're we're just going to be induced. And silly me, I, I didn't really prepare. Um, but I knew there were things that you could do for labor to help. Um, so here I was walking into the hospital with my yoga ball, thinking I was going to actually use it. And uh, <laughs> it definitely wasn't like that at all. It, it, it was that the quintessential cascade of interventions and I just walked right into it. Um, I, um, let's see, they started with uh, probably the Cervidil and all of that. I don't really remember much of that, but once they started that Pitocin, like it, it was gnarly and I feel like I was handling it very well. And so since I didn't know much about Pitocin at the time, I was like, well, crank that bitch up. Like, I'm doing good. Let's, <laughs> if, if this is working and I'm handling it, like, let's go. Let's get this baby out. And so <laughs> they were like, okay. And just, like, turned it all the way up. And then I was like, okay, yeah, I'll take that epidural now. And it, it's almost like I like yes it was the cascade but like I led for all of it to happen myself it's it's so wild so yeah um so then Carrie but we don't the know epidural. any better sorry yeah I'm sorry to interrupt, but we just don't know and like that's the thing is we're so conditioned to trust these people and yeah. what they're saying needs to happen when and I'm sure they're you are their dream girl their dream <laughs> client their dream patient you know like oh sure add that to the bill you want that too sure yeah. Oh, absolutely. So it's hard when we don't know because no one 
you don't learn anything from anyone. Doctors are not you all the information that goes along with choosing. All right, okay, epidural, you know. So mm-hmm. you did what you thought was right and you did the right thing at the time you know yeah and so of course once I had the epidural I was stuck to the bed and they wouldn't let me eat I will never forget that pain of hunger and it's like how how do you expect anyone to do this while you're literally starving it was incredible um and yeah I'm skipping a lot of details but uh, once I think I got to like eight centimeters or so, they suggested to break my water. And before oh. I could even really even respond, she did it. Uh, so yeah, and that, this is uh, this is a common thing as well, which pisses many people off. But um, yeah, so they broke my water, and that's when they discovered meconium. Um, which, as we now know, that it's not typically a problem. You just make sure baby is handling it well. Which, obviously, I was on the monitors the whole time. Baby was totally fine. Um, but then it was almost midnight. I was nine and a half centimeters. And a new doctor came in that I've never met before. And apparently the baby's heart rate was not looking great i i don't recall whether it was low or too high but he just walks into the door and he kind of takes a peek at the monitor paper and flicks it and he's like yeah this isn't happening like (gasps) what's that supposed to mean um yeah it was very like lackluster like yeah this isn't happening um (laughs) like we're gonna take you in for a c-section yeah, there was yeah. none of that. <laughs> no way, none of that. So I was kind of like shocked by that. I I never even planned for the possibility of a C-section. I just figured those are for like special cases, uh, not knowing that they were super common. And so yeah, we went through that whole process, and it was wild. Um, so your first actually was a C-section. Yeah. Oh wow! Yes, it was. He, I, I, I guess he, um, aspirated some meconium when they were lifting him out, or when they were suctioning. Who knows? So he did spend a few days in the NICU, and that was like being hit by a truck too, Um, because you know I'm being I was literally ripped apart and sewn back together and then I had to walk they wouldn't let me have a wheelchair but I had to walk downstairs to see my son in the NICU uh, every two hours and their reasoning behind the no wheelchair was like oh you'll heal faster if you get up and move around it's like wow (laughs) I just had major surgery three hours ago but okay Um, for real yeah, it was so rough. And of course, breastfeeding wasn't what I hoped. It just, it was awful. And I mean, looking back now, I don't regret anything, but whew, so that really fueled my fire for a while. Um, well, that's so, the thing. Sometimes 
have to go through mm-hmm. the way we wouldn't imagine it to that way you can be where you are now you know yeah, like had that true. not happened maybe you wouldn't be doing what you are now and helping so many women and supporting them with how they need to be supported you know yeah yeah, I don't have any regrets, and it took a while to really process it, and of course the blame was passed person to person for a long time, but I finally learned more and accepted the choices that I made um, and learned from it, so yeah, um, and that the myth, like, wants a C-section, always a C-section, that didn't ever come across in my mind. Which is, that's why I was like, oh, wow, you had a C-section for your first one because with your, like your uh, previous birth that you just had, like your latest birth. That's why I was like, wait, wow, good for you. You know, it's like you just said, that is a huge myth that goes around that women are controlled by and I I, I will let you talk. I'm just getting excited. I'm sorry. No, that's (laughs) okay. Actually, my... my little no, guy asked me to fill his cup, so. Aww. <laughs> Keep on going. No, I think that makes that makes your story not only extremely relatable to many women and women who are moms who may have gone through a birth that was either traumatic or just not what they wanted or boom. Yeah. And you're able to speak to that, which not many, not every doula can or not every you know, so I, as much as it hurts and it's sad that, you know, you had to go through something like that. Like I said, I, I, I believe everything happens for a reason. And that was like, that put the fire under you, like you said, and that kind of was like falling and like you had to go through something like that. So, so many women wouldn't. Yeah. But also, and my story is similar to so many others. It really is. And we start out with a traumatic birth, and then we feel that, okay, I'm going to do whatever I can to protect women from experiencing what I did. And I'll admit, that's why I got started in the first place. But it, that the meaning behind this work has definitely evolved. And I no longer feel that I need to be a savior for anyone. So I think that's important to hear for anyone looking into this kind of career. You, you can't go in wanting to be a savior. We're not saviors. We're support and guides. Um, and it took a while um, to really find no, my true calling. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I first found out about doulas when I was pregnant with my second child and that was about two and a half years later. My sister was like, you should get a doula this time. I was like, a what? (laughs) And yeah, so then I, I found out about the, the, the two only doulas in South Jersey and connected with them. Um, um, me and my husband we took a birth class with one of them her name is kelly and i just was captivated by her and i was like yep she's she's my girl 
And so when it came down to my next birth, um, I didn't stay with the same practice as before. I found a midwife that worked uh, by herself. It was her own practice and she had privileges at a different hospital. Sure, she was farther away. It was about a 45 minute drive each appointment. And when it came time to labor, but that was okay. It was well worth it for me to drive farther to get better care, to get to know somebody and to know she was going to be there for the birth. Um, so that went pretty well. She was more holistic than most that I've ever met. Uh, it's unfortunate that she has retired since then, but yeah, but it was still nice. She was like, she knew I was worried about the distance and she said, well, you could drive here a little bit early in your labor, like before you would normally, and just borrow a room. Like, you don't even have to be checked in yet. Just borrow one of our rooms to labor in just so you're here. And I thought that was really cool that she offered that. That um, is. Yeah. But by the time I got there, I was already six centimeters. So I didn't really need oh, wow. that. <laughs> kind of great <laughs> yeah uh, yeah but for that labor my doula helped me tremendously uh she wasn't very hands-on because that's I guess not what I wanted or needed at the time but I really loved having her talk to me in the background affirmations and things and I remember why I was pushing I was like keep talking Kelly <laughs> <laughs> like I need to hear your voice because everybody got quiet it's like no keep talking I need yeah. a distraction um yeah the hearing things and visuals were really important for this this labor um I during a contraction I would I don't know where this even came from but I would picture these like watercolor swirls all around me and while the contractions were intense they were like red and orange and then when it started to calm down it would turn into like purple and blue and and I would just visualize these swirls all around me it was just the weirdest thing but I remember oh. yeah my husband was like what are you doing I guess I was like saying something or making a weird face or something but I was like I'm waiting for blue like what? Oh. I'm waiting for blue. They had no idea what I was talking about, but later on, I told them. <laughs> uh, but that's so, so yeah, because something like that can just help help you stay like in the zone, in the moment. You know, ride it out. You know, and not tense up or tighten yeah. up or anything like that. That's a, that's a great way to keep yourself calm and relaxed and it's like okay where are these colors like, like that <laughs> yeah it goes to show you like everybody copes in a different way there's yeah it's just there's so many different ways but um that birth was it wasn't perfect but it was awesome that I got my v back and I was so proud of myself and um, this was my daughter, so I had a boy and then a girl, so that was really awesome. And I was just really inspired by my doula and all of her help and her support that I was like, this is what I want to do, I think. Um, so I found the other doula in 
the the other one of two doulas in South <laughs> Jersey, and she kind of took me under her wing for a little while. She was my mentor, and um, she just taught me what she knew. And Callie wasn't certified, and she always told me, like, you don't have to be a certified doula to be a good doula. And so I just ran with that for a while. Um, I was uncertified and I just read as much as I could and just got right in it. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. So I supported a bunch of families in hospitals and a few birth center births. Um, And then I started teaching classes at Babies R Us when we still had a Babies R Us in our area. And that that really really helped. Yeah, that was was awesome. I've met so many because that's like your clientele is right there. Like who you're trying to reach, they come to you. So (laughs) that's That's a good time. Yeah. Um, But let's see. You have any questions so far? <laughs> well, I'm just so like eager and excited, like because I kind of know how your story ends, but I don't know your journey at all. Not that your story is ending, but I mean, you know, just because of the um, your last birth that you just had. So, um, when did you sw- make a transition from hospital to home birth? Yeah, great question. So. Let's see. It was before I was pregnant with my third, as I was learning more and more about birth and my, the books that I was reading were transitioning from doula work to midwifery and um, more spiritual aspects to birth. I, I figured out that, okay, I don't really align well with these other doula certification, um, corporations or whatever you'd call them mm-hmm. and I was really considering creating my own one where you have full autonomy and you can birth wherever you want even if that includes birthing at home with support or without support and I was very close to beginning that and that's when I discovered someone online her name was Desiree and she was in the process of finishing up exactly that. She was making her own doula birth keeper course online. And it, from what I could tell already, it was like everything that I would have done myself. So it was really convenient. It's like, yeah, like, wait, this already exists now and I don't have to do all the hard work. So <laughs> right, <laughs> it was, all, it was divine timing. And I just, started diving into them the uh, it was herbal um holistically empowered rebel rebel birth keepers something like that it's a long name but we call them herbal um and they're based out of pennsylvania so that's not too far um so yeah i i started studying through them and when i became pregnant with my third i was like okay that's it I'm definitely having this baby at home. We did interview a home birth midwife. However, in our state, she wouldn't be able to legally attend because I was a VBAC. Even though I've had a VBAC prior, 
the so state's crazy. rule. Yeah, it's really unfortunate, especially the VBAC part. Um, yeah. And but meeting her, regardless whether we were hiring her or not, really helped my husband feel more comfortable with the idea, and he knew that, like, you know, I, if I'm gonna, if I want a home birth, I'm I'm gonna do it. So he kind of just had to, he just had to buckle up and, <laughs> um, yeah, he, he wasn't, he was nervous, but he wasn't scared. And I, throughout the years have been teaching him everything. Even my younger children at the time, they, they knew a lot about birth too. Um, Amazing. yeah, we just planned a free birth and that's what I did. Um, it was a very easy labor. Let's see. Um, oh, so my water broke like right at midnight on his due date. So I kind of felt like that was really cool. Um, yeah, because how but, common is that? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> so there, there's another story to to that as well. Um, my brother-in-law passed away. Like probably six months before I became pregnant and I really wanted a baby. And um, let's see, how did I discover? I, I, I don't know if it was when I talked to a medium or, or what, but I just felt like this baby was kind of a gift from him in For some sure. spiritual way. And it's, just the fact that he came on his due date was kind of like reassurance to me. It's like, yes, this baby was meant to be. I, I don't know. I'm not explaining it really well, but it's, it no, was I just crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally understand. And, and that's a beautiful thing, you know, like it, it's such a tragedy whenever we lose someone, especially so close. But yeah. then to be gifted this blessing of life afterwards and it kind of being like a nod to your brother-in-law, you know, or an yeah. homage or like a hello or, you know, I, I get what right. you're saying for sure. Yeah. So that's how I took it. Um, so water broke at midnight. By 12.15, I was like, okay, this is definitely labor. <clears throat> and he was born at 5.35, so that was a rather short labor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a water birth, and what what meant a lot to us was to be the first ones to touch and to hold our babies, because the first two were born in the hospital, and who knows how many strangers held our babies before us, so probably a lot. <laughs> um, so this one was great. Like I have pictures of us just bringing him up to my chest, just us oh. and no gloves and no strangers. And it was amazing. And we didn't know the, the sex of the baby until birth. So that was a nice surprise too. It was a boy. So oh. I got lucky again. <laughs> yeah. Now, as a doula, um, do, and do you see 
difference? Well, obviously there are differences in each birth so far, but do you see um, now how labor can be different or birth can be different depending setting or what's involved during labor? Oh yeah, for sure. For me, it was much faster at home. Um, it was more comfortable. There was less moments of panic. You can, you can do whatever you want at home and everything you need is right there. Yeah. I mean, my labor in the hospital was almost 24 hours and then the next one was five and a half. And sure. You can say that like there's the body remembers and it's easier each birth you have, but I feel like that's a big difference. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a huge difference. I Home birth is way more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I haven't had a home birth yet. <laughs> Going forward, <laughs> that's exactly, I'm doing only that. But um, just from hearing different stories and, of course, like reading and studying things like about it, because you like you become very passionate about birth and like just having it be how it should be. So <laughs> when you hear like these different journeys of like my first birth was this way in a hospital and it went for this long or this happened, you know, and then this birth I did at home and it, it was only this long and nothing happened and, you know, it was so much better. There's no trauma or this or that. Um, I think that's so important to really speak on and bring awareness to for women who are stuck in that like cycle of this medical industry and maternal care system to find that like hospitals don't equal safety or hospitals don't equal like the best always, you know, like, yes, of course. I know people always come from my neck when I say, <laughs> at home <laughs> or like yeah. yeah I understand there are some emergencies that require being in a hospital but like for the most part they're not coming and to fully understand supports birth and yourself as a woman um just talking about those differences in each time I think is very important mm-hmm. and can help everyone well women understand that better you know it just hurts seeing them just kind of blindly follow the the normalized way of doing things yeah and it goes to show you my first experience I was that good little patient I did whatever they wanted or whatever I could um and that was my outcome the emergency c-section and then it's also a shame for others that know their preferences they and yet still choose to go to a hospital they have they stress out over this extensive birth plan and even if it's not a long birth plan you still are walking in knowing there's going to be confrontation Mm -hmm. and that's not fair it's not fair to you um no Sure, it's better, obviously, when you you know your options and you demand informed consent, but you shouldn't have to demand anything. (laughs) Seriously. Um, The way I support support women at home, I treat them like a queen, you know, like 
whatever they want, whatever they need, I'm going to get it for them. And that's not how these nurses are. Sure. They like, okay, let me go get you some ice chips. Oh, you're hungry. Let me get you a popsicle. Like there's, they're limited to their support. Mm-hmm. And at home, it's night and day. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it kind of goes back to what you mentioned before about how doulas are not saviors. Because in the beginning, I, I kind of like got sucked into like that idea. Um, yeah. Which I now like understand, like, no, because like you just said, like, we shouldn't have to demand informed consent, you know, all that stuff. We shouldn't have to demand to know options or anything. And a doula shouldn't have to be like, I saw something that referred to them as like, oh, we're not like your um, security guard or like yeah. your like attack like dog. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I met with a family once. They were like, we want you to be our attack dog. Like, oh. Yeah, no. That's what <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what, what's crazy about it. And what's amazing is how you said, like, when you're at home, you're supported how you need to be supported. You know, like mm-hmm. you said, you just needed to hear words from your doula. Some, yeah. some women just need that some women don't want anything or some women just need like a back rub or just bring yeah. me a granola bar, something you know yeah or, or just someone sitting there in the background just feminine energy yes exactly yeah. exactly but yeah I decided that I no longer wanted to hold women's hands while they were being abused in the hospital system and for not all midwives and not all doctors are terrible, but they're stuck to a certain curriculum that I no longer agree with. And I've seen firsthand is damaging, which this might be a good time to bring up what I've recently realized why this work is so sacred to me. Um, my mom bless her heart um when let's see growing up the uh, my mom and dad divorced when I was about five so it was like a really tough childhood but I mostly stuck with my mom because I was so young and we were very close but she struggled with missed well undiagnosed postpartum depression so my whole life she's been struggling with mental illness diagnosis after diagnosis and um many suicide attempts and it it was really hard growing up with someone struggling so hard and it turns out it really stemmed from after she finished having children I guess I was her last one but she didn't have support back then and it was ignored and unattended and fast forward to a few years ago she she struggled with addiction and she has passed away she she died right after I had my third baby um but it it helped me it helped me realize like she was not a healthy mother she she did her best but she was not a healthy mother and that's what I want to help 
not really create because these women are doing this on their own, but I want to help create healthy women and healthy mothers and healthy children because everybody deserves support and it all really starts at birth. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that was very difficult growing up and I'm sorry you had to go through that and witness that. Um, And I'm sorry for your mom too. And it's very, do you think that a lot of postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety or anything postpartum like that can be avoided depending on how or where birth happens? I'm sure it plays a role. I think overall, yeah, it probably plays a role of where you're giving birth, but overall it's the support that you have. And, you know, is your doctor talking about nutrition? Are they testing your vitamin levels? Are they Mm. recommending some crap prenatal pill versus whole nutritious foods? And are they monitoring your, your iron levels and your hormones? Like, no, they're not. They're not. And that plays a big role into it as well. And then just support. Having a baby is super freaking hard and, it's very hard to do it on your on your own and just having somebody that you can turn to or even just to text when you're feeling any certain type of way is huge. It's, it makes a huge difference. And I feel like in some cases, maybe postpartum anxiety and depression can't be avoided, but, you know, when there is support in place, I think you have a much greater chance of avoiding it. Absolutely. And it it's almost like once baby comes, then that's it. You know, then yeah. it's like there's no checking in on mom. It's always like, oh, how's the baby? Oh, we want to see the baby. Or like, you know, you're not, they're not getting the support, like you said. And that's, it is very hard. Like I, one thing I wish I did differently, honestly, was I had two birth doulas but I wish I knew and had a postpartum doula because like you said that part and that support that I feel is sometimes more important just because that's a very hard transition to make and just your body regulating itself after going through birth alone versus and having to take care of this baby now and trying to make sure you're doing everything right and then dealing with people that just want to see the baby or trying to (laughs) figure out how am I going to walk the dog and make myself some lunch and get out of bed and all of so you do um, offer postpartum doula services right I'm not a classic postpartum doula so people won't be hiring me for like big shifts I don't go anywhere overnight. I don't really do much baby care. Um, I kind of have this unique offering where you just pretty much pay for a postpartum visit, whether that's in my office or in their home. And we could debrief their birth story. Um, If you need a light massage or just pampering, or I can help out around the house a little bit. 
That's I can awesome. hold, hold the baby while you shower. Sure. But in, in small increments. Um, so that's been really awesome. Yeah, people call me really after they have the baby. Oh, yeah. And I also, I support women who totally free birth on their own too. They can call me immediately after and I could show up and help facilitate everything. I help clean up. I can uh, make sure their placenta gets in a bowl. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like just attend to the mom just as I would if I were there. But, you know, some people don't want anybody there. Mm-hmm. But the cleanup part is, can be challenging. And that's when I think Adula could be very useful. <laughs> yeah. Or like say their placenta isn't out yet and the dad's starting to freak out a little bit. You know, like just having somebody there to be like, oh, no, this is normal. Here's what you can do to try, you know, try this. And it usually calms people down, especially when their their other option is just to transport and it's not exactly necessary yeah totally i feel like we could like really talk about things for very very long probably Um, sorry (laughs) no don't say sorry it's great i love it we are like running out of time but and i'm like i want we didn't even get to your final baby and okay all this other stuff um so maybe we could do have you come back and talk about your latest birth another time because I do want to hit really quick like you mentioned things that you offer if there's anything else that you offer that you want to share and finally our special giveaway that we're now finally getting around to (laughs) because I mean we've been talking about this for a little while and life is happening and I see you're doing all these amazing things um so I'm happy that we're able to like now announce it and put it out there but um if there's anything else you want to say that you offer go right ahead and then we can talk about what the giveaway will entail sure so let's see um i haven't been attending many births lately just because i've been on maternity leave but i i will attend for the right people um so if you're planning to give birth at home uh, it's primarily been unassisted, so if that's your thing and you're looking for extra support, you could definitely give me a call and we can talk. Um, I offer prenatal visits, and this is for anyone, even if you're seeing an OB practice. And if you feel like you're not um, getting all of the attention and care that you really feel that you need, you can give me a call. Um See, I I do herbal blends, so teas, yoni steams. I make tinctures, um, all very nutritional, and they're they all have their purpose. Like, um, I just created a libido boosting tea and a tincture that's going to be out on Mother's Day. So that's really exciting. It works. Yeah, that sounds really like great. <laughs> it works. Trust me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've been focusing on my herbal stuff. Um, postpartum visits have been great. And I make cloth pads. <laughs> so I'll be doing oh, some vendor do? events. Yeah. Like uh, reusable pads? 
Yeah, um, menstrual pads. Oh my gosh, that's so good to know. I've been wanting to get some, and like I just been like shopping around, really. You know, oh cool, send you some. That <laughs> is so awesome. Is that what you've been using lately? Well, you probably uh, don't. Not to be like TMI. <laughs> <laughs> not lately, but yeah. I did use them for postpartum. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. My period just came back. This is the third time having it this month. So, um, wow, you last a long time. (laughs) It it was. It was amazing. It it really was amazing (laughs) for my my period. But you know, it was nice without it for so long. But um, I normally use a cup, but I do like to have a backup with a cloth pad. Yeah. So I was using a cup before I was pregnant, but. Gosh, I I don't know if I was just not using the right size. I tried a small and a large. Maybe they weren't going in right. I don't know. But <laughs> both of them would leak crazy. And it was just like, I was like, this is just not working for me. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to use tampons anymore. It used to be like so crazy. But um, then I discovered reusable pads. And I'm like, okay, that's what I want. Because I don't trust anything. I trust those. I don't trust like what you buy at the store. But right. um I'm excited. So anyway, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> so, That'll be for another podcast. <laughs> I know. I know. Exactly. Um, you see, it's easy for us to get caught up. I love it. Yeah. But I'm going to link everything that, like, any way to get in touch with you will be in the description below. So okay. for the giveaway that we're teaming up to do, um, I was going to give away... Yes, baby. Mercy's just on. I was going to do some of my Mother's Day merch. So there is, it's a very small collection that I released for Mother's Day, but um, the winner would get the whole collection. It's a shirt, a hat, and two stickers. And then also a chance to just chat with me about really anything. If you're pregnant and you're scared, or if you're thinking about getting pregnant, or if you already had a baby and you know, you just need some postpartum hype me up whatever like whatever it is the winner wants to chat they got me for an hour um undivided attention we could do it on zoom very simple very easy um if you're kind of weird about being seen on zoom i know some of us are like "Ah, i don't want to facetime (laughs) that's fine too we can always just do a voice call or something but for Mother's Day, I think that would be fun. And then you're giving away some awesome stuff, too. Yes. So I'm offering an herbal bath soak. Uh, it's like bath salts, but it also has some herbs in it. And some tea, some herbal teas. And why not? I'll throw in a yoni steam, too. I love that. I love it. <laughs> I'm like, can I enter my own giveaway? Because <laughs> I want all of it. But it's going to be... Um, so if you're listening to this in real time as this releases, the giveaway should already be posted. So you can go to my Instagram, the Pure Duel, and enter. Or your Instagram is... Uh, I don't want to mess it up because I know there's a period in there somewhere, right? Yes, freedom.birth. Freedom.birth. Okay. So you can go to either one of ours. Um, They're linked because we're going to do a collab on it and just enter. You just have to like, save, tag someone in the comments, 
um, share it to your story. Obviously, the more comments, the more entries. Mm-hmm. And then we will announce a winner. Um, let's see. So this is going to be, this is May 3rd that this episode airs. Mm-hmm. So what, probably, when did There's you want to announce the winner? Show? Mother's Day? I think Mother's Day would be cool. A nice okay. surprise gift for a mom. Oh, yeah. Um, which is the 15th, I think. Gosh, I'm so bad at those. <laughs> Me too. I have to look yeah. at my calendar every time. <laughs> yeah, like mom brain, literally. <laughs> yeah, I need but, one of your helps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll trade you a mom brain, whatever you want, for some pads. That, that okay. would be cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, so everyone enter. If you're not a mom, you can enter a mom. would enjoy this. Yeah, whatever you want to do, or if you're thinking about becoming a mom, like everyone's a mom, I think, in a way or one way or the other. (laughs) Jill, I want to thank you for this so much. I know I feel like I'm rushing it because we are running out of time and there's just a lot to talk about. So you will definitely come back on whether you want to or not. I'm going to force you because (laughs) I want to. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun and we can keep chatting some more. all of everything for Jill is going to be in the description, her Instagram and where to enter the website. I'll actually just link that directly. I'm sorry. Enter the giveaway. I'll link that directly in the description. Um, so thank you very much. And I will be texting you and on your Instagram bugging you for sure, <laughs> but you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You too. It's my pleasure. I will talk. I will talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. I want to thank Jill for coming on, sharing her story, sharing her journey, being an inspiration to so many women, and just serving so many women, supporting so many women. A big thank you to you, the listeners, because without you guys, this wouldn't be possible. I wouldn't be here being able to have these women come on, so keep sharing the word. If you enjoyed this episode, please give this podcast five stars. It means so much to me. That way it can just keep spreading on its own. I pray this helps whoever needs it. God bless.